Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. How many people are excited to be here today? I'm excited to be here today. I'll tell you um, what Steve was just sharing. I feel like it's, it's, it's prophetic. It's prophetic for our church. It's definitely prophetic for me. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's prophetic for you as well. So before we even get started, I want you to get up. I want you to shake it out a little bit. Go on. Everybody stand. Shake it out a little bit. Just knock the, knock the dust off. All right. Now shake, 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 Janora. This is what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody. I want you to grab them by the hand so you're looking face to face. And I want you to say, God is not safe, but he's good. God is safe, but he's good. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> Amen. Tell somebody else. God's not safe, but he's good. All right. All right, you can have a seat real quick. We're going to do things a little bit different today. And I asked the music ministry to stay up here with me. I'm bringing my big guns. So uh, here we go. And what I'd like to do is just start with a little bit of a recap. What have we been listening to? What have we been hearing the past few weeks? You know, if we go back a little ways, we, we go to Pastor James's pre, pre, uh, sermon about just seeing God bigger. You know, and he poses that question. What do you want? The thimble or the bucket? Ask yourself that question out loud. Do I want the thimble or the bucket? Go ahead, ask yourself again. Do I want the thimble or the bucket? And we're faced with certain questions. We're faced with the question of, who are we praying to? Is God kind? Is he good? Well, yes, the Bible tells us that he's good. How big is he? How big is my God? How big is our God? These are the different things that we're wrestling with. Now, we just heard about the sun being stopped. Then we had hill houses. And the question I kept badgering my poor hill house with over and over is, what is the prayer that you stopped daring to pray? What is, what is the prayer that you stopped dreaming for? Right? A couple weeks back, we heard uh, Ted Patron, his tagline being, venture out into the deep. Venture out into the unknown waters. And I think we're coming to a place where we have to ask ourselves, what are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? What is it? What needs to happen for you to now respond? I think about a great story, and I'm going to give you my my version of it. This is my Goliath. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? You can't do this. You're not fit. You don't know enough. You're not prosperous enough. Who's going to listen to a sinner like you? He's not going to show up. Those are, those are my Goliaths. As I stand here talking to you right now, those are the intrusions that kind of hold me back to say, no, 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 just, 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 <laughs> just sit down. <laughs> sit, sit down. Hey, Steve, keep going. Sing another song. Let somebody else take the risk. It's a war. So I want to tell you a story, and I think this is going to bring us to where we left off with Pastor James last week. The story is about Caleb. 
And Caleb, I'm just going to, I'm going to read to you a little bit here, so bear with me. I'm reading from Numbers 14, verse 6. But Joshua and the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. This is the place. These are two of the spies that went out into the land that came back. They're the only two that came back with a good report. You sent us to go look. You sent us to go see if the land was good. The Lord delights in us, and he will bring us into this land and give it to us. And the land which flowed, a land that flows with milk and honey. Not only do not rebel against uh, the land which flows with milk and honey, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. You know what the next line in our Bible says? The next line says, And the congregation said, Stone them with stones. Let's kill them. This is where we are. We are at a point where we're being told that there's more for us. Our Christian walk, our lives, our children, our country, our community, there is a, a better life for us. Right here tangibly and right out there tangibly. And we're hearing this over and over and over. Go further. Trust him. Go bigger. He's bigger. He can handle it. He can do it. We come to church for that reminder. But we've lost the power, the power swap. So we have this great story of Caleb and Joshua ripping their clothes, pleading, please, you understand, we can have the land. You guys are afraid of these people? They're going to be our bread. You're afraid of the challenges out there? That's going to be our bread. We're going to eat that. Because that's what's going to sustain us. It's going to remind us how big our God is. Do you understand? So that's where we are right now. I love doing a you are here moment. If we take and we, you go through the podcast and you listen to the podcast over the past few weeks, the same thread is running through. It's the same thread. How big is your God? How big is your God? How much more do you want? Do you want more? Do you think he's big enough? Do you think he can handle it? And the only way that that changes for us, the only way that church becomes not rote and routine is if we engage him. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But before we talk about it, we need to change. And I asked the music team to stay up here. They're going to start a song. And I want you to engage. You need to engage. As a people, as a small church, we need to engage. It won't change if you don't call it out. God is, he gives us free will. He won't come if you don't want him to come. You don't want him to rock your boat? Okay. He'll give the blessing and the glory to somebody else. So Lord, as we, as we see if you can start prepping that song. Lord, we just bless this meeting right now, Father. We ask that you unleash your power, your word. Lord, I ask that you give the body a hunger, Father. Lord, un- unglue them from their seats. Unglue them from their tongues. Unglue them, Lord, from the status quo, Father. Lord, the gloom outside is a gloom that's trying to permeate here, Lord. And we speak your light in this place. We speak your power and your glory and your presence. We don't want to just come another day to go back to another crazy week. Lord, we want to touch you. We want to taste you. We speak out and we call out right now, Lord, that you have power here right now. You have the power to set us free, Father. You have the power to heal us, Father. You have the power to change situations, change habits. We speak that. We prophesy that in this place. 
We speak of all the dry bones and the death that would try to suffocate our life, suffocate our spirit. And we speak and we say, Jesus, no, you will have your way. Not the world, not in here, not, not in here. This is the place where we come to eat. This is where we get, this is where we get our workout, Father. We speak that out right now, Lord, you would have your way. We give you the atmosphere right now, Lord. We give you our minds, our bodies. We give you all of our faculties, Lord. And we say, you have your way. That not one moment would be robbed from us. Not one moment would be robbed from us. Father, as a speaker today, Lord, it's not on me, it's on you. And I give you all that I am to do what you asked me to do. To city on a hill, to all my brothers and sisters, do what you have to do. Engage. Don't get comfortable. Do something that makes you step out, that risks. One risk. You take a risk, somebody else takes a risk. You take a step, somebody else takes a step. We are looking at each other. Somebody has to go first. Let's have that song. Let's have that song. Atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere is changing now For the Spirit of the Lord you need to stand. is here The words are there. You need to stand. You need to join us. The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here No Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. Atmosphere is changing now For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here The atmosphere 
The atmosphere is changing now. Yes, it is, Lord. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. We believe in faith. Oh, the evidence is all around. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. Overflow in this place, yes, Lord. Fill our hearts, with, our hearts your Lord, love, with your love, surround us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love, surround us. You feel his presence? You feel his presence? We just sang for a couple of minutes. Just sang for a couple of minutes. And just 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 the participation brings him. Sit down real quick, real quick. We're gonna go right back, I promise. And I'm gonna let you stay there. There's more to this. So we have this story, right? We leave off with this cliffhanger. Right? We have two men speaking to their their, their people saying you told us to go scout. We scouted. We came back and told you we can ha- you can have it. Trust me. Everything that you were calling an obstacle, we're telling you it'll be bread for the king. It'll be bread for God. It'll be bread for your lives. Right? So we have to fast forward a little bit. We're going to fast forward a little bit. We're going to go to a more popular story, David and Goliath. Who knows the story? <laughs> All right, great. So what do we have in David and Goliath? We have two characters, right? That's what we're, we're told. We have two characters. Who's the first one? David. David, right? What does David have? What are his weapons? Oh, a, sling. a sling, right? He walks down to the Valley of Elah with a, a pouch of stones, a sling, and a staff. He has a staff. We know that because Goliath says, you come at me with sticks. However, Goliath might have been suffering some other issues. And then we have Goliath. What do we know about Goliath? He's big. He's big. The man is huge. Now, Goliath comes down to the field. He comes down to the field with a spear. And this is, forgive my arts and crafts. (laughs) But Goliath, they're saying, measures around nine feet tall. His spear would have been somewhere around that size. A man of that size. On his back, the Bible tells us, he had a javelin. Kind of a smaller, skinnier type of spear. And he wore it on his back. That's how he came down. The javelin was for throwing. It was lighter, faster, sharper. We know that he had a sword on his belt. And a man of nine feet tall would have had a big sword. It would have been in the other hand. A spear in one, the javelin on his back, and the sword in the other. So his hands are occupied. There was another man on the field. Oh, yeah. Goliath had somebody else carrying his shield. David didn't walk down into the valley of mano a mano. No, there were three men down there. There was Philip. He was skilled in the arts of war. 
For all you brave heart people, sorry. <laughs> so this man went before him with the shield. That's the picture that we get. A little boy fighting a grown man. Oh, wait, I forgot. Goliath was also clothed in chain mail. You know, back then it would have been looking like kind of like a nightgown. But think of a nightgown on a 9-foot, 500 or 600-pound beast. Oh, and he had a bronze helmet. Yeah, he had a metal helmet. Quick little uh, fast fact. The Israelites didn't know how to do metal work. The Philistines knew how to do metal work. They knew how to work bronze. So as an Israelite farmer, if you wanted to, let's say, I don't know, you needed a garden hoe, you went to the Philistines to make it for you. So weapons were in very, very short supply. The Israelite army that was gathered there, they were gathered there with sharpened garden tools. The Philistines that they faced, however, had armor. Bronze armor. But there are rules to war. First rule is, there's three types. You've got your infantry, you've got your cavalry, and you've got your artillery. Right? So... Let's just take a look at this picture real quick, right? Let's just take a look at this picture. So we see this young boy. He comes up. Oh, wait a second. There's something that connects David's story with Caleb's story. David arrives on the scene and starts saying about how he's going to kill this Philistine. And who is it that says something to him? Ah, his brother. His oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men And his anger was aroused. And David said, why do you come down here and go with whom you have left with those few sheep in the wilderness? Get out of here. Get out of here. I know your pride. You think you're going to go do this? You think you're going to go take take on that big big beast? Oh, wait. So wait. Let me get this straight. Just, Just for the picture's sake. Two armies. This is the Valley of Eli. Two armies on two hills. One man comes out taunting you, degrading you ripping you apart, telling you you can't do it, telling you that your God is too small. And the other army, with grown men, mind you, you're just standing there. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? David comes onto the scene, no, we can take him. I'll go take him right now. Listen, I got some rocks in my bag right here. I'll go down to the stream. I'll get a real sharp one, and I'll take them out for you right now. Look, let me, let me just go. I got this. I got this. The brother said, what are you talking about? Who do you think you are? Status quo. Who do you think you are? Taking on the giant. David goes down there. He has no backup plan. Here's what David knows. And here's what every member of the Israelite army knows. Anybody could have taken Goliath. Anybody could have taken Goliath. You think David was the only person that knew how to throw a sling? He's a kid. In that army, they would have had professional sling throwers with bigger arms. David's a child. The army would have had their own artillery. People that could throw... throw. The Irish have slingers that can hit coins out of the air with stones. The Israelites would grow up with that. They would, they, they would practice that from a young age, hitting squirrels or whatever else is out there. If it was Pastor James, it would probably be a squirrel. He would probably knock that out, suck it right out. The problem is how it looks. You see, if you've got Calvary, Calvary are the guys on the horseback, right? So Calvary is really good at taking out the artillery. They go behind. The artillery doesn't really move too much, 
right? They don't have a lot of great weapons. And you can't, you shoot artillery, you're on a horse, you can just dodge it, right? Infantry, if you're an infantryman, well, you're good against cavalry because you've got long spears. You can take out those horses because they have to come to you to kill you. But if you're an artillery person, you don't want to mess with cavalry, but you do want to mess with infantry. They can't get out of your way. Your, your, your shot's too fast. You'll pick holes in whatever gap. They, it's like a goalie. Boom. Anybody could have taken Goliath. It was just how it looked. It was just how it looked. It looked too massive. It was a walking tank. It's just how it looked. That's why nobody else took him out. We can talk about the fact that it was set up for David that way. Absolutely. But it didn't have to be David. David wasn't the only one with the skills to do it. And there's there's some fun here. So we're going to have a little fun here now. So this is David, right? So David and Goliath are meeting up. And the Philistine said to you, I'm going to read to you. Forgive me. And the Philistine said to, you, said, uh, said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Now, some speculate that this is because he had an enlarged pituitary gland. That's what made him so massive. It would also cause him to have double vision. Why would he say sticks to a man with one stick? Why did he have to have somebody lead him down to the field? Maybe he couldn't see that well. Maybe that guy was just leading him. He tells him to come to me. You're the big guy. Go just wipe him out. Were the odds really that stacked in David's favor? Anyway, I digress. Come to me. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Okay, listen to this. He'll deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give you the carcasses of the camp. I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is, is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Okay. You have to see this. Can you give me a, like a march? Like a war beat or something? I don't care what it is. Just something. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So there's Goliath. Ah, I will give your flesh to the birds of the field. And there's David, walks down, right? First thing the Bible says, he just starts running at him, and he's swinging. And probably within a second, David's probably, I don't know, back here, within a second, four or five twirls, boom! Next thing we see, watch out, guys, watch out, watch out. Back up. Slow the beat down, real slow. Boom. All that chatter, all of that yelling, all of that bravado is over in an instant. It was the stupidest, silliest fight ever. It was, it, was, it was dumb. It made no sense. The man went down like that. He brought chain mail, a sword, and a spear to a gunfight. Just put it in perspective. David, David was packing. He was packing. He brought it to a gunfight. Boom. Done. Okay, guys. Told you. Let's go home. No. No, 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 no. See, because there's two levels to this victory. David kills Goliath with his stone. 
But we have to go back to his words. And this is something that just jumped out at me. And I think this is where we are right now. (sighs) This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. So we have two parts here. David's back here. He walks down. He sees Goliath. Words exchange. Now listen, he's carrying his staff. The staff has to drop. Because he's got to get, he's got to get a rock out of his bag. So we have a quick transition, but he's running. Pulls it up. Boom. Hits Goliath in the head. Goliath falls face down. Boom. David doesn't stop running. See, the job's not done yet. Not only does he run up and he kills the guy. The Bible says very clearly he kills the guy. He takes his sword, comes over him, plants it in the back of his neck and severs it. See, the head was for Israel. Do you get it? Taking Goliath down was for David. He trained his whole life for it. He, just never, he, he never had to kill a Goliath. But he, he killed bears. He killed lions. He killed more agile foes than Goliath if he's killing a lion. Right? He takes Goliath down. Goliath is dead. It's over. He's won. No, because he says it beforehand. Then I'm going to take your head. And I don't have a sword, so I'm just going to take yours. Hey, guys, look, I got his head. Hey, you guys, you want to go now? Do you want to go now? Seriously? (laughs) The little boy with no armor and a rock and a stick just took out the best that they could throw out. The best that they could throw out. The biggest and baddest that they could throw out. This guy was so big that he yelled across the valley for everybody to hear. And in an instant, done. His mouth is shut. But we're not done. Because the people need to see something. The people need to be reminded of the power. So he takes his sword and cuts his head off. Do you understand the ground that we're walking in right now? We have the ability right now not just to take ground for ourselves. David's victory, yes, we hear about David and Goliath. But it wasn't David versus Goliath. It was Israel versus their enemies. And we see back in Numbers, they were afraid of their enemies. The entire congregation wanted to stone and kill Joshua and Caleb for uttering something that would be out of the status quo. How dare you take me out of my comfort zone? How dare you ask me to get out of my seat? How dare you ask me to, to change up my world? How dare you tell me I don't need to be depressed anymore? How dare you to tell me that, that I don't need to be, I can live unloved for the rest of my life? How dare you? We've become so comfortable. How dare you tell me to participate in church? I came to sit down and be seen for crying out loud. Not that that's anybody in here. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, I know many of you. I know your voices. Many of us have served in some capacity or another. Are you giving your all? Are you throwing your stone? This isn't condemnation. This is me telling you very, very simply. Here's here's your thread. You want to see victory? You want to see change? You want your life to change? Do you want your family's life to change? Do you want your community to change? Your church to change? Do you want your country to change? We can go from smallest to the biggest. Right? Are you guys dead? I got one. (laughs) All right. right. I'm just making sure. You know, I came in this Sunday, and I was thinking to myself, I was thinking about, you know, what do I, what do I, what do I, what's, what's living in me? What's living in me? 
And what I like to do is just listen. I listen to the things that st- stood out to me th- throughout the way because I feel like the Lord leads you. If you listen, He leads you. He pulls you along to where He wants you. If you're present, if you're present, if I, if I, for one second, the Bible, we, listen, we read the Bible and we think that these people that we read about were holy 110% of the time. They didn't burp. They weren't hungry except for a couple of times and there were a thousand people to feed. They're not even human. What we read about in the Bible is simply, very, very simply, people over the course of their lives that said, in this moment right now, I'm going to grab all of Jesus that I can. In this moment right now, I'm going to take a stand. And what we read about in the Bible is that most times that stand is public. And what does that do? It emboldens the next one of us to take a stand. Why do you go to Hill House? Why do we go to small group to share our lives? Well, what's the point of sharing your lives? Because when you get a victory that I know that you've been fighting with and dealing with, I get a victory because I've invested myself into you. And it spurs us along the way. It reinforces what our faith is supposed to be. It's not song, preach, eat, go home. Amen. That model has left us dead and dying. And the church as a whole, from if you, it doesn't, I mean, go back, you can go back to the beginning of the church. You go back to Pastor Linda and Pastor Joe. There's a higher, more organic living life that goes beyond the rote, that goes beyond the routine, that goes beyond what you expect. If you come to church expecting church, you will get church. If you come to church expecting life and transformation and healing, you will get life and transformation and healing. This is real basic. You guys can start tuning that song up again. We're going to get back into that. This is real basic. And I, I'm, I, I'm not someone saying that I've arrived there. I'm saying to you, as a person and as a member of this church, as a, as a brother in this church, as a father, as a husband, I'm saying to you that my life, I want it to be marked with more than just the routine of religion. We see it. What separates our faith? What separates a Buddhist or an Islamist or a... Uh, Whatever else is out there now from a Christian. The name of our God? No. James touched on this last week. It's because there's a Holy Spirit that resides in us. That He's a living God. And because He is a living God that resides in us, and He's God, He's powerful. He's all-powerful. That means that we have His power at our disposal. Amen. At our disposal to meet out. To meet out. His promises for our life and hopefully legacy. And just as we're getting ready, and I can't make you do it. We all have this decision to make for ourselves. Think of this as a, a new type of altar call, if you will. I fight for myself. And the Lord comes and He shows up and He heals me. He restores me. He invigorates my body. He invigorates my mind. He gives me victory on the job. Blesses my life, and he's done that. But when I fight for you guys, if I fight for family, or I fight for the principles of God as it relates to his people, I fight for something bigger. And what I get is not just a blessing, but a legacy. That's the difference. We live in a selfish world. 
saying, me, 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 me. So we come to God and say, me, 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 me. And that makes us just look at me, 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 me. So if we do something out of place, we don't do it because we don't want other people to think about us. Oh my gosh, what is am I going to say? What if my voice cracks when I sing? What if somebody thinks that I'm a sinner because I'm going up here and asking for prayer? Guess what? You're a sinner, just like me. Amen. They call an altar call, and you don't want to go for prayer because you don't want to make it, see how it looks. Well, guess what? We all need prayer, Amen. just like me. Amen. Right. right? We have a choice. We have a choice. And our choice is very, very simple. We're going to make the decision that we're going to live a life that's different. And I say different in this sense. Our culture says, me, me, me. We come in here and we say, we, our, us, the people. His people, his bride. We use plural terms. David uses the plural terms. He's the only one fighting. And he will give you into our hands. He will give you into our hands. He's fighting for something bigger. He's fighting for something greater. Caleb and Joshua make the petition to the Israelites. They're saying, there's more out there. Don't look at, don't look at it that way. I got you. He's got us. Those challenges, those are bread. Those are stepping stones. All right. You know what, Steve? Let's do that song. Let's do that song, and then we'll close with the table. This is my invitation as a brother in this church. It's just a humble Christian. You can engage. You can take whatever you want. His presence is here. His atmosphere is here. That's what we're singing for. And if we don't take a risk to believe it, then it's just a thing. It's just a thing. The only way that we experience God is if we stick our hands into it. We can't get wet if we don't put our hands in the water. We can't feel the sun if we're staying in the shade. The only way that you'll get more out of today, and I'm only talking about today, for your lives, you showed up, you showed up because there's something more that you needed. Come get it. Come get it. Come get it. I'm not willing anything. I'm sharing what was on my heart. At the end of the day, you're, it's your account whether or not you took what God is saying to you right now. It's up to you whether you're saying you want something more. You need forgiveness. You need healing. You need blessing. You need financial freedom. Whatever it is, is it bigger than that? Is it bigger than that? You want your community changed? You want your community to look different? Is it bigger than that? You want your kids healed? You want your kids saved? Yes, amen. Is it bigger than that? Yes. You want it? Come get it. You want prayer for it? Come get it. You need peace for it? Come get it. You having a hard time? Come get it. It's here. And the more we pull, the more he pours. The more we pull, the more he pours. You saw Steve's analogy. The shot glass went in. The cup was too big. But he still kept pouring. The more you pull, the more he pours. It doesn't matter if it's marriage. It doesn't matter if it's children. Physical, mental, spiritual. It doesn't matter if it's work. It doesn't matter if it's a closed, dead door. You can still speak over it. And guess what? God's bigger than a Goliath. Goliath is really kind of funny when you think about it. It's funny. Bang. Indiana Jones. Remember the guy with the swords? Ah! I call about my business. I got stuff to do. You have stuff to do. We can't be sitting there getting our head kicked in by an imaginary vice that has no power over us. 
death has no power over us. Amen? So we're going to have this song. We're going to worship. Altar's open. We'll close up in a little bit. And look, we can do that. If that's what you want, you can do that. If that's what you want. <laughs> your church. It's your church. Yours. Ours. The people standing up here. The people that are praying upstairs. The ushers. We're just preparing the atmosphere. We're just preparing the people to say, all right, here he is. So you take from it what you will. I'll come back to close. Steve, take it away. And let's get into it. Lord Jesus, we just give you this time right now. We give you our spirit. We give you our body. We give you our mind. We offer, Lord, and we lay down our sin, Father. Lord, we speak and we say, Lord, have your grace. That your grace would flood us and flush us, Father. Lord, that we may see you with clear eyes. Everybody that's up here, just repeat after me. We're just going to pray together real quick. Lord Jesus. If we're going to pray, let's pray, people. Lord Jesus. We ask for your power. We ask for your power in our lives. We speak right now, Father, that you would invade this atmosphere. That you would invade us. Lord, we want more. I want more. I need more. Say it again. I need more of your presence, of your power, of your love. Have your way in me right now. Have your way with this place right now. Keep going, Steve. Let's go again. I'm going to say one thing real quick, and this is our closing. And then we'll go back to the song and you'll be dismissed. Next week is Compassion Sunday. Next week is our demonstration of beyond ourselves. Next year, next week is our offering of giving it out there, going bigger, going bolder. The Lord knows what you have. He knows what you can give. He knows what you can't give. So don't judge the offering. Just offer what you're being told to offer. It's that simple. David just brought what he had. He just brought what he had. And how ridiculous, a stone and a stick. How ridiculous. How much more simple can it get? And his offering was slaying the beast that was before him. There's a world out there that is our beast. It's merciless. It has no compassion. It has no charity. It thinks only of itself. There are people that are hurting and in dire need. And that sounds really desperate because it is really desperate. And in here, do you feel safe? Who feels safe? In here, we know that Jesus abides and lives. And next week we share that in a tangible way. That's what we're doing as a church, as a people. But each one of you have your own lives. Each one of you have your own story and journey. And we just speak right now. We just thank you, Lord, for that atmosphere. We thank you for your presence. That you're bathing them right now, Lord. You're bathing them for the walk out of the door. You're bathing them, Lord. You're giving them new eyes, Father. They don't see giants. They see you. They don't see obstacles, Lord. They see bread. They see the challenge, Lord, and they see, I'm going to eat that because you're going to feed it to me, Lord. You're going to show me. You're going to show me that if I keep abiding in you, that these things that come against me, they're nothing more than bread. He does this. He does this in Psalms when he prepares a table for him before his enemies. He makes him eat before his enemies because it's manna. Look at them yell. Look at them scream. You keep eating. Keep listening to my voice. Saints, brothers, sisters, keep listening to his voice. He's still speaking. He's still speaking. He's still here. He's still present. 
He'll be here as long as you want him to be. We're going to go back to that song. Worship. Greet. Pray. There's prayer in the corner. There can be prayer here. You want prayer? Get prayer. You need prayer? Pray with me. Prayer team, you guys should come up here. The prayer team is activated. You're also the prayer team. You have prayer. I'm whispering like this, not to be dramatic, but because I know that it's sensitive. And if we, if we lose it, we go back to the old way. I don't want to go back to the old way. For many of us, this is the most stillness we've had in months. Steve, I'm turning the meeting back over to you. I pray a blessing over you. Pray a blessing over this church. Pray a blessing over our pastors, Lord. They're here with us. They've been praying for us the entire time. For one people, one spirit. Take it away, Steve. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.